You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Welcome to the Bloomberg Markets Podcast. I'm Paul Sweeney, alongside my co-host, Matt Miller. Every business day, we bring you interviews from CEOs, market pros, and Bloomberg experts, along with essential market-moving news. Find the Bloomberg Markets Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I want to bring in Ted Oakley right now, founder and managing partner at Oxbow Advisors. Um, and I, it, it, Ted, it's great to get a chance to talk with you after we've got some kind of confusing consumer confidence numbers. And, um, you know, we're worried about inflation. We're worried about growth. It's just a difficult time right now to make a call on the markets. What do you think? Well, I would have to say uh, not as hard for us. I mean, what we're seeing is that this latest round of uh, sort of a snapback, and in terms of what's going on with the consumer, I think they're borrowing all the money, number one, uh, but number two, all the snapback, people can't wait to find the bottom, and it just looks like we have more to go, and you have to think about that relative to the numbers that have come out in, uh, in May, obviously, with oil and that sort of thing. The Fed's going to keep on fighting, so we can't see the upside here, I'd have to say. We're looking for more downside. How much more downside, Ted? And kind of, I think what a lot of folks are saying is, you know, where do we find a bottom? What is the market pricing in now? Is the market pricing in stagflation? Is it pricing in a recession? Or are we not even there yet? How do you think about kind of identifying, you know, not the bottom, but maybe, you know, kind of uh, the beginnings of a bottom? Well, the, the biggest thing is, I think, is pricing in profits. I mean, if you look at the market, it's always pricing in how profitable things are going to be for companies that are in the market. And if you look at all those companies, by and large, they haven't made any any more money in the last six months. And it looks like in order to stay up with things, they're going to have to raise prices, which hurts the sales, and the margin's going to break down again. And so you, if you can't see the earnings picture yep. – for the next six months, to me, that's what the market is discounting, or will discount more. So, um, what do you do if? Um, well, first off, if you're not someone living on a fixed income, if you're still trying to build your nut, so to speak, uh, what's an investor to do right now? You know, we always break that down between younger people that are building and someone else who has already achieved the wealth level and, and they're going toward, you know, the end of life. But on the younger side, we, we, you know, you think normally they could just keep on uh, dollar cost averaging because they put a small in every month and they're young. I mean, it's going to build up you know, over time. You're okay. For someone that sold a company 
or they have significant wealth at, say, 55 or 60, they need to start thinking about preservation as opposed to trying to beat the S&P right here because probably preservation will beat the S&P this year. And I think that's where people probably – there's two categories of what we recommend right in there. And they are. (laughs) We're listening. For the young people, okay, if I'm a young person, I don't have much money. Maybe I'm putting in— I think we just decided we don't care about young people anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. What if if you sold your company? What if you just sold a a house? What if um, you've made your money on Wall Street with an amazing three-decade career, (laughs) and now you just want to keep the money? Well, most of our work is with people that have sold a company. That's the majority of our assets. And so the new money we've had coming in the last two or three months went something like this. About 60% of it, or 75, somewhere between that number, is really iced right now. It's in, it's in short treasuries, things along that line. We're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to bet the farm on where rates go right here. We're keeping that fairly short, a little bit long. But then on the stock side, where we might normally have for somebody like that, uh, maybe a third of 35 40% stock, that's only about 10% for us right mm-hmm. now. Okay. And then we have another strategy called high income. And that one, is, normally that would be, again, about 35%. It's probably only about 15 to 20 right now. So you can see we're skewed toward safety. We can make a change really quickly, but that's where we are right now. Hey, Ted, I know, you know, as a proud Texan, um, people in Texas, I'm guessing, just have a natural call on oil one way or another. I'm looking at WTI crude oil here at uh, just under $117 a barrel. What are your good friends around the state of Texas saying about oil? Well, I have to tell you that I've been in, obviously, Texas most of my, all my life, actually, but I... The thing about it, most people in the oil and gas business are very good when it, very poor, I should say, when it comes to sentiment. <laughs> they 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 are all they're always bullish at the high, and you can't give it you know you can't get them to even take giveaway oil when it's like <laughs> eight or nine bucks. But you know, so they're all in that mode right now because their checks are higher every month. Checks are a little higher, you know, when from production, and so you can't get them there. The big point is what we're watching is the end of March. You know, you're up around one twenty four, one twenty five. And this, this this will be a test here. If you can't get much higher, it means that you're – I don't know if you saw the gasoline numbers, but the sales of gasoline, you know, the last two weeks have really – even in a hot season like this, are starting to really show weakness relative really? to where okay. they were. So I, I I think that's the key to us. Do you make – do you – you push that 124, 125 high. I sort of doubt it, actually. I think you're, you know, somewhere in here you slow the whole thing down because of the consumer. I'm actually surprised, Ted, that, you know, some of our friends in Texas and Oklahoma haven't started drilling more, uh, but I guess they're disciplined. Well, there's two things go into that. One, they uh, the leases are really expensive right now. Okay. To go buy a brand-new lease to drill, first of all, and everybody's out buying minerals, everybody. Uh, I'm in a couple of mineral deals myself, private. But what happens is everybody's out buying minerals, so the mineral, they're paying a lot yep. of money for these leases. And so that starts out high, and then uh-huh. you really have – all the expenses have gone up right. a lot now. All right, Ted, we always <laughs> – not to mention the fact smarter. that the politicians are going to pull the rug out from under you soon enough anyway, oh, there right? there you go. Throw yeah. in a little politics. We're talking ac- economics here, but boy, we always learn something from Ted. Ted Oakley, founder and managing partner, uh, Oxbow Great Advisors. to get you on, Ted. Yep, absolutely. We'll talk later with Ted. 
Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common... It's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. So, Matt, you know I like to walk around with a little billfold with yes. a little bit of cash. And I actually was down at Monmouth Park Raceway this past weekend, so I got some little winnings in my ah, pocket. betting on the horses. On the ponies. Uh, had a decent day, not a great day. But the kids don't have cash. They no. just Everything's on an app, on a card, on a this and on that. I mean, back in the day, I don't use my credit card when it was something meaningful. I just use my watch everywhere. I know. Now the watch and now the yeah. phone. Uh, Vidya Peters, Chief Operating Officer of Margetta. Uh, joins us. Margetta is a NASDAQ-traded company trading on the symbol MQ, uh, came public last year. Vidya, talk to us about what you guys at Marketa are doing uh, in the fintech space. Thanks so much for having me here. It's such an exciting time to talk to you about Marketa and what is going on in the fintech space. As a bit of background and context, Marketa is the first modern card issuing platform. So we enable any business to be able to build a card of their choice to serve their customer, their vendor, their end user, uh, using very developer-friendly tools. And so we're sitting at the intersection of watching some of the most modern payment flows happening in the industry. But is it a card um, in collaboration with Visa or MasterCard or Goldman Sachs? Like, how does it how does it work? Correct. So uh, Visa, MasterCard, Discover are all our partners. And so we run our cards on their payment rails, and they've uh, you know, been early partners of us on the journey. We have many customers from most of the on-demand delivery companies, buy now, pay later providers, some of the largest financial institutions like J.P. Morgan Chase and Marcus by Goldman Sachs, as, as you mentioned. So we really allow anyone from the most modern innovators to the largest financial institutions to the latest fintech to be able to build a innovative card of their choice. They're very different from the cards you and I have in our wallets that do very little, right? If you think about the old cards, they check a balance, maybe verify the zip code. 
Now imagine a card that allows you to pay in installments over time or to be truly digitally native or to ensure that the gig worker picks up exactly your order from that restaurant or that grocery store. That's the level of control that's possible on a Marquetta-issued card. So, Vidya, it just feels like with the pandemic, people took more and more of their personal financial, I guess, responsibilities themselves and, and using more and more digital technology. I know I use my bank apps much more than I did pre-pandemic. So what are you seeing from, from, from businesses? Is that what they want? I mean, do, do they need, do they, are they looking to reduce the reliance on banks? Are banks being disintermediated a little bit? So a couple of things here. The pandemic, as you mentioned, has been probably the largest and biggest digital transformation accelerant uh, for payments. Um, It's so funny hearing you speak about cash, but now people think of cash as being dirty. No one wants to touch it because it's no longer a question of inconvenience now. It's a That's question sacrilege of safety. To me, no one wants to, to touch anything anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and, and banks are okay with that because now they have more data, right? Anytime money is moving electronically, it's safer. It, you have better tracking. You have better analytics. You have better intelligence on, on where that money is going. And so you're not seeing banks getting intermediated. You're actually seeing them enjoy this and, and explore this further. And it's also been a bit of a forcing function for them. Uh, you know, now we're seeing 60% of the consumers are using their bank mobile app regularly uh, versus visiting a bank's physical branch, which is only 19%. How do banks feel about that? I think they feel pretty good because uh, the cost of operating a physical branch is pretty high. And if they can close more of those physical branches and not hurt their business, I think that's good news all around. By the way, are Visa and MasterCard still kind of my only choices? Because I can't remember which card I had or which card they accept, but I had the wrong combination at Costco the other day um, and had to and had to pull out a wad of cash, um, Paul Sweeney style. Is there something else? Is there room for something else? Oh, there absolutely is. I mean, we have Visa, MasterCard, you have Amex, you have Discover, you have Pulse, and you have a series of local networks, especially when you go international. Of course, Visa and MasterCard tend to still have the lion's share uh, of the market. But uh, but you're definitely seeing, uh, you know, smaller networks operate in uh, in international markets for sure. Vidya, thank you so much for joining us. Really fascinating stuff there. What was up talking fintech? Is boy, it is and money. changing and money. It is changing very quickly as technology continues to be deployed across financial services. Vidya Peters, Chief Operating Officer for Marketa, Nasdaq traded company. MQ is the symbol on Nasdaq. All right, let's bring in Katie Greifeld. She's here in our Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio. Uh, she's a cross-asset reporter. One of the cross-assets I want to talk about is ETFs. We've had it And ugly. she's not just a cross-asset reporter. Oh, what else does she, she do? She anchors the Bloomberg ETF show. When is that? ETF IQ on Bloomberg Television. I would say it's every Monday at 1 p.m., but this week... It's Wednesday at 1 p.m. It is, which is tomorrow, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. My, my and, and who's your co-anchor about, by the way? Uh, well, we have quite a crew. Matt Miller, oh. one of them, Eric Balchunas. I've never seen that's you guys the in the same room, though. We have, like, a rotating <laughs> cast that's, that's of anchors true. That's on this show. Eric has hair. That's the easy way to tell them <laughs> apart. All right, Katie, what do you got for us on the ETF biz? 
Okay, well, I want to start with EM funds because they really saw huge inflows last week. If you look overall, a $2.8 billion streak, uh, that's interesting in and of itself. But what's more interesting, if you dig under the surface, a lot of that is actually just BlackRock. And the uh, sort of the thinking in the market is that's BlackRock tweaking one of its model portfolios. It's this huge, booming business model portfolios. They have trillions of dollars in them. And basically, they're ready-made strategies that advisors can pick off the shelf and give to their clients. BlackRock, huge in that business. And uh, if you look at the iShares MSCI Emerging Markets Min Vol Factor ETF, it's taken what? in ticker? the EEMV is the okay. ticker. Taken in billions and billions of dollars over the past few weeks. Uh, and the thinking there is that, okay, nothing was really going on with this ETF until couple of weeks ago. This is probably just BlackRock shifting around some money. And the ripple effects, as you can see, if you look at the category all overall, it's just BlackRock. So I'm, I love the show mainly because but. I love the function. Mm -hmm. ETF Go. Mm -hmm. So I was able to find the information you were just telling us by typing ETF Go, and I'm looking at all funds, um, asset class, equity. I guess I could take that out, right? You could. And, yeah. and then I and then I sort by flow. I I look at the one week flow, and I see EEMV is it was like the, the sixth, fourth, yeah, sixth biggest. Now, if I take out the equities, um, you, you're starting to add other things in there, um, but. Such a cool function. Did Such Eric Balchunas cool actually make this himself? <laughs> I don't know if we can credit him with that, but he certainly has popularized what, it. One of the things that Paul was talking about is that investors love ETFs when the market's on its way up, um, but what about when it's on its way down? Now, we do know you can supercharge bets, short bets with ETFs, right? You certainly can. It has been dangerous. Uh, it can be. Only sophisticated investors should try this. But that being said, yes. if you look at the ProShares Bitcoin Strategy ETF, this remember, this is the first derivatives Bitcoin-backed sort of ETF that launched in the U.S. to big fanfare back in October. As uh, you guys probably know, Bitcoin hasn't done too hot since October, since this fund launch. It's actually one of the worst performing ETFs so far this year. What's interesting, if you look at the short interest... It's Ticker? The ticker is BITO, B-I-T-O, and the short interest on this ETF is close to an all-time high. It's hovering around 10%, and this caught my eye because there's not yet a short Bitcoin futures ETF in the U.S. There's been filings. Nothing has been approved yet, though, so it seems like in the meantime, traders are turning to this fund and shorting it sort of as a proxy for that short Bitcoin exposure. If you also look at the put-call ratio on this ETF, which you can also do on the terminal, super high, close to a record, so it just shows you that... A lot of people are bracing for more Bitcoin downside here, positioning for it. Too. How do you see the put call ratio? Oh my gosh, it's a sort of a long, involved process on G chart. I can show you. Uh, tell me show. after. Tell I me will after. show you <laughs> after, after, please. All yeah. right. So, how about fund flows? Where, as the markets turned down in 2022, what have we seen for fund flows for ETFs? You've seen so much money go into bond ETFs. Go into which, bond ETFs. Into yeah. bond Out yeah, of nice. bond mutual funds, like 150 What are you billion. talking about? Year to date right now? Yeah. Year to date. Yeah. We're talking yeah. year to date. You've seen, I don't know, some $50 billion go into bond ETFs, mostly to the short end, those cash-like ETFs. Also, just in the last week or so, you've started to see some money come back into broad index tracking equity funds, such as uh, SPY and VU. So there is some buy the dip impulse there, but a lot and of- value, right? And value, right? And value. Look year to date. You know, I'm looking uh, at this VOO is yeah, the biggest awesome. um, inflows year to date, but exactly. VTV 
is the second biggest, and that is the Vanguard Value ETF. So you need a strong stomach for that one, but people are doing it. I don't think so. I, I feel know. like why? You know? I don't know. I feel this, like you know what I love just... cows. We talk about cows on this yes. show a lot. <laughs> Cash cows. And C-O-W-Z. to me, it's brilliant that you can make plays like this mm-hmm. in a, a very volatile market where people are worried about growth. I just feel like value continues to break hearts. It has its moments in the sun, <laughs> true. and then it always goes away. Certainly in your lifetime. Yeah, it's true. Exactly. That's true. All right, Katie, good stuff. As always, Katie Greifeld here in our Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio. She's a cross-asset reporter. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common... It's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Let's bring in Alfonso Pecciatiello right now. Um, Alfonso, what's going to happen at the ECB? Are they going to get real in this fight against inflation? Or are they still going to give us like little 15, 25 BIP uh, increases? Well, guys, the incentive scheme at the European Central Bank has clearly changed here. Um, and they have to tighten. They have to tighten because they need to preserve credibility. The, the very little they have left on the inflation fighting front as you guys were saying, inflation is uh, printing pretty high in Europe. It's not only headline, but core inflation is 3.8% on a year-on-year basis. And if you look at the composition, it's growing towards the services side of the inflation fund, the stickiest parts of the inflationary basket. And this scares policymakers in the first place. So they will hike, and you're starting to hear the first discussion about the 50 basis point in hike in September. So, Alfonso, I mean, it, it feels to probably a lot of our listeners, they, they hear commentators say the U.S. Federal Reserve is behind the curve, but it seems to me that the ECB is even further behind the curve. How effective can they be to the extent they do turn more hawkish? They can be pretty effective, if you ask me. So um, monetary policy should always be judged in comparison to what the neutral interest rate is for the economy. And we hear the Federal Reserve and estimates for the neutral rate at around about 2 to 2.5%, right? And now European policymakers have to come up with an estimate, too, because they're going to hike interest rates, but up until what point? 
if you want to rein in inflation, what you do is you hike interest rates above neutral levels. Well, European policymakers are now debating whether, whether uh, you know, neutral levels in Europe are between 1% and 2%, but the deposit rate in Europe is negative 50 basis points. So before we get at least to neutral levels, the European Central Bank has to hike by at least 150 basis points, which would be the fastest hiking cycle the European Central Bank has ever embarked, I think, over the last 15 to 20 years at least. All right. In terms of what we're seeing here in the U.S., is there a big difference between, um, you know, our central bank here with its two mandates and others which only have one? Yeah, I mean, effectively, the ECB also has two mandates, if you ask me. One is price stability. The other one is to preserve um, Europe and the euro as a Good political point. project. Yes. Which, which limits as well the ability that they have to really... Uh, hike and to push on the tightening path if, if, uh, if they really need to. Look at uh, the Italian government bond spreads against the German government bonds. They're already above 200 basis points because investors are sniffing that monetary policy is about to get tighter and right. quick. But if you go to the bond spreads at 300 or 400 basis points, then obviously preserving the euro, which is the second hidden mandate of the ECB, will come back to play again. All right, Alfonso, good stuff. We appreciate getting uh, your global perspective. Alfonso Pecciatiello. He's the author of The Macro Compass, and he's also formerly a fund manager to ING. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Markets Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to interviews at Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you prefer. I'm Matt Miller. I'm on Twitter at MattMiller1973. And I'm Paul Sweeney. I'm on Twitter at P.T. Sweeney. Before the podcast, you can always catch us worldwide at Bloomberg Radio. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.